Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk on 94.3 The Point, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management. I am Vin Avenue, here to guide you through a continuation of this hour on, on Sports Talk here Sunday morning. And with me again is Nico Steridi, who is the founder of S3 and also the organizer, the lead organizer of the Elite 77 football tournaments, most recently in Jackson Township last weekend with a lot of local Jersey Shore, Ocean County talent showing off their skills in one-on-ones and in team challenges and a lot of impressive players from around the Shore Conference taking the field last weekend. A little cloudy and windy one day, a lot of sunshine, but fantastic play both days last weekend. And we're going to recap it here this morning. Nico, welcome back onto the show. Fantastic tournament last weekend, my friend. Finn, as always, thanks for having us. Um, and and thank you for for being the voice of Elite Seventy Seven this past weekend. You know, I hope it was a good experience for you. And you're absolutely correct. The talent was was out, and and a lot of kids, you know, really really impressed me. So I had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the next one. There we go. You know, I think everybody was getting the feel for it. I could tell some of the the football players wanted to really. Show and impress. It looked a lot of them look more comfortable day two, you know, figuring it. Okay, now I know it's expected. Now I know who I'm playing with and what I'm going to be playing. You know, that and the fact that there was elimination games in, on day two as well. I think kind of stepped up the competition. But both days, a lot of them looked really good, and some just kind of continued what they were doing from day one to day two. Um, and one player I want to highlight first. We could we'll go into a bunch of them here. Is uh, the Todd Walker MVP, uh, Jason Lahara from Brick Memorial. I mean, this kid, I know he's going to be a sophomore, but, I mean, the Mustangs are, have a star uh, in the making there. I mean, looked really good, great reads from the defense, threw the ball well downfield, accurate, on time. Um, he had a lot of great skill players with him as well, but, I mean, he just looked absolutely fantastic and amazing on the field and um, looked like a really – a uh, great young man off the field as well with, with talking with the other players. Yeah, man, you hit it right on the head. Jason, um, he was a uh, surprise of the of the weekend. You know, I had a lot of athletes come, and I expected to do what they did, and they, they also were all MVP candidates. Um, there was kids making plays all over the field. It was just with Jason, you know, his – his vision and the way he saw the field and, and how the ball would leave his hands in perfect timing for, for the receivers in stride, um, you know, that was important. Sure, he still made mistakes. Sure, he threw interceptions. But he also, you know, had an interception for a touchdown on defense. He always found the way to, like, you know, get back what he made a mistake. And that's that's what the Todd Walker MVP represents now. Um, Nazir Whitaker, he was his receiver on the other end from Brick Memorial. Yeah. He's a running back. He's a running back. Wow. And and he was catching the ball looking like uh, like DK Metcalf Jr. There you go. I mean, he wasn't yeah, like 6'4", really but his hands were so strong. He yeah. was just squeezing the ball out of the sky no matter where it was. He didn't drop one pass all weekend in games. I didn't see him oh, drop wow. one pass. Yeah. And every he, he time automatic. he looked, that kid was in the end zone. And then Nazir Matthews yeah. was really good for that team. Um, and then you had Alexander Colon or Colon. I don't know how to pronounce his last name from Lakewood. Um, you had Ricky Dillon from Brick Memorial. They had a lot of players on that team. Jaden Johnson, who's that? Oh, from Ramel Anderson, Anderson from, uh, he's from Lakewood. Lakewood. Um, Jaden Johnson from Old Brick. So what's cool is what we're doing is we allow kids kind of build their own teams. Okay. 
You know, like that's it's like a pickup game at the park, five on five. You know, like nice. pick up your your seven to t- pick up your ten and and come ball out, and and now you have a chance to get exposure because not every kid's the starter on varsity. You know, right? High schools organizing their seven v sevens is completely different than what we're doing. Yeah, we'd like to build a better relationship with high school teams, but you know, at this point, there's a lot of kids who aren't starting varsity that that want to get on the field, and that's what we target. We target that eighth grade into junior class, you know, because the younger they're out there competing over time, the better the football will become over here in terms of urgency. You can already see it, you know, like what I evaluate and what I watch is two days of no pads, Mm. okay, running around, playing football for three to four hours in terms of sitting around. You're not playing for three to four hours. You had... You had three 20-minute, right. four 20-minute periods day one, okay? So how long is that? That's an hour and 20 minutes of football practice. That's not even halfway through a college practice. Sure, yeah. It's yeah. two hours and 30 every day, okay? So you had no pads on. Day two, they all came like slow, moving, sore. <laughs> they yeah. only two-game elimination. There was no 1v1 period. So they only played two to four games, depending if they you know kept winning. Yeah. Same thing. You know, and, and and I talked to a few kids on Monday. They couldn't move. It was the hardest workout they've ever been through. Wow. That's what we want. We want f- to simulate the game of football, not just simulate drills and cones. Come play football, run around, get coached up in the off season, you know, and, and, and get involved with your, your athletes, your, your community, you know, whoever you want to bring. Absolutely. And then, and, and what makes me laugh, sorry, is like that's two days. A college Division One camp is thirty, mm. so every day from six a.m. to ten o'clock at night, not only does your body feel crazy, but you have to produce and perform every single day. Yeah, and you can't let them know you're that that sore. And then in season starts, and then weight room, and then your body's sore, and then you have you have practice during the week in class. So that's what I'm evaluating. I'm looking at kids to see if like they could play Division one football in terms of the full spectrum. Sure. Not just catching the ball and right. throwing the ball. Like, is this kid going to show up every morning and, and be on time, not be a headache for the coach, you know, be a good teammate? I could coach him up. For instance, Jason Lahara, there was a lot of, like, scramble about the blitzing, and he had a lot of, like, on the field, it was getting a little bickery, and I just looked at him, I was like, dude, let it go. And he just looked at me, he's like, okay, coach. Like that's very hard for a kid to do in today's generation. Mm. The attitude—it's sometimes there's there's too much of an attitude. He understood it. Like you can't be like you know complaining and bickering on the field and being the quarterback, right? You know you got to be silent and like get ready for the next snap and, and get everybody organized because that's what that's what's next. Your complaint's not going to change. Let your coach do that. That's what I learned in college. Luckily. My head coach would always say that, and he would go out there and put his neck out for his players, no matter what, literally no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the things I heard him say to referees, I don't know how, you know, he didn't get, you know, kicked off the field, but they had respect for him because he was in it for 20 to 30 years, so they already knew what they were getting with my head coach in college. Players coach. Yeah. Yeah, he'd put his his neck out for you on game day, especially if if you got cheap-shotted, stuff like that, you know? He'd rather Mm -hmm. you walk away and then he's going to run out there and get in the ref's face. What did, what did with Lahara? Um, what did you see with him in the pocket? I know it's not full. It wasn't full eleven on eleven. He wasn't feeling the the pass rush or whatever from a defensive end. 
but did you sense that he was getting the grasp of the timer of how long he had to throw the ball and that he was able to get it off successfully? Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, a lot of these kids are still, like, underdeveloped. Mm. They're still raw, you know? It, the exceptional ones are already there. Those are the kids who already got D1 offers, 8th, ninth grade. Um, their bodies are developed. All their mechanics, for the most part, are pretty fluent, you know? And then they just, they got to keep getting experience. But Jason, he had some little hiccups, you know, patting the ball a little too much, you know, things like that. I'd rather him use his eyes more. He uses his offhand telling receivers where to go, which is still cool. You see NFL quarterbacks doing that, so that means he's looking downfield. Um, but when it came to throwing the football, that kid had like a sidearm grip. He did not hold the laces. Hmm. He doesn't hold the laces. He holds the leather. Wow. And he was throwing that thing like a like, like Nolan Ryan, like, <laughs> like slinging it from the side, like whew, whew, right off his hand, flicking it and, and making tough throws far throws like being on the right hash and hitting a a, a six yard seven yard out on the left hash wow. in stride you know hitting deep balls and and kids are catching it in stride full speed you know so he he was showing and then he was hitting posts he was hitting slants you know he was he was a very good football and then he would read the blitz when people blitz he'd move and and, and he'd make a play opposed to the other quarterbacks who weren't thinking he was using his body language like, okay, like I'm going to lure you in. I'm going to look this way. Once I catch the snap, I'm juking left and I'm making a move. That's someone who could see a play before it happens. He has a vision. Yeah, That's what I see, you know. And I, he, he had a pretty, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, a pretty loaded team. I know they were called Team FNB, but fear nobody. skill players on that team, I mean, those guys uh, just looked outstanding, running routes, catching the ball, knowing where the cornerbacks or the safeties they were on, in the 7 on sevens. They just looked really, really good together. They played together. They didn't argue with each other. They didn't fight. And that's something you learn in football. That's the recipe. You know, great coaches teach teams how to play together, come together, and, and have respect for one another because everyone's out here to get better. So if you ain't looking to your left and right to your to your teammate and, and having respect for them, it's very difficult to win a championship. And that's that's what I learned. I played in two national semifinals in the FCS and I played in a high school semifinal. So, you know, in, in those games when you're with that staff and you're with those teammates, you kinda develop to a point where you you have a recipe. You have an experience that not many people have, you know? When I walk out on the football field, I look around and I tell myself how many people out here have played on ESPN2 on a Friday night. Yeah. You know, on a, on a semifinal game. Like, right. who prepared for that? Like, I, I prepared for that. You know, I, I, I played with co under coaches who prepared me for that. I had teammates who helped prepare me for that. And through that experience, that's what I want to give back to the kids is how to prepare at the highest level. So then when they do step on the field, their coaches can actually coach them. You know mm. what I'm saying? They're prepared for coaching. They're prepared. You know, we're trying to, like, trim the fat for the coaches a little bit. You know, this for these first two tournaments, we've we've allowed teams to bring their own coach or coach yourselves or our coaching staff can help your team. Okay. But our, our style is a camp style. Mm. We are a camp style 7v7 tournament series, period, for college prospect development and exposure, period. There were some programs associated with our prior event that missed that memo 
and didn't understand that we are not just a 7v7 um, like host for your organizations to run mm-hmm. amok. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's not what's going on here. Right. Our coaches played college football. Yeah. Villanova, Wesley, uh, Pace, uh, Marist, you know, like they're, they're playing college football currently. You know, I played Division One football. Mm-hmm. And 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 the guys I surround myself with are people who love football. So I sure. get, I pay them money to coach kids on the field. That's their job. On top of run the event with me. Yeah. But you see a kid backpedaling wrong, pull him to the side, go over it. You have that you know. And then if there's coaches there at the time who who I have relationships with, I let them come on the field and I let them help out because they have respect for the game. Mm. But but the the coaches who are cursing. And putting kids down, and and are derogatory, and then when there's adults in the stands yelling at kids, yelling at our officials, yelling at our coaches, I'm I just have zero tolerance, and I gave that memo out going into day two. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very clear yeah. what I what, what my expectations were because I come from a strict line of coaches. You know, Sean McDonald, he was the the warden on that football field. Mm. There was grown men out there, you know, coaches, players, and they couldn't step over that line because he had work to do, and his work was to make sure we got better. That was his job. Yeah. So my job when I'm out there is to make sure those kids get better, period. And when other distractions affect that, any really good coach is going to hang, you know, put down the hammer because how do you get control of your your field? Right. You got a bunch of adults and kids running around cursing, yelling. It's no good. So then eventually you have to become reserved and quiet and let your staff take over. Teach good sportsmanship. You do your best. And that was the message going in day two. What message are we leading these kids if we can't, you know? Yeah. Like, just let this be what it is. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. But this is competitive development. Right. If you played at a high level, you'd come to this and be, yo, this is really cool. These kids are getting pass game looks. They're getting real long field, ex, ex, uh, you know, reps, mm-hmm. like real in-game long field reps. You got kids taking pick sixes for 99 yards. Where yeah. else can you do that? Right. Nowhere. With the number, with the top exposure, you can't, you know, we're, we're trying to build something really cool here, and we're moving around. We want to go to Maryland. We want to go to New Hampshire, Colorado, Cali, Florida. Everyone's hitting us up. Texas. Wow. M- Mississippi. Everyone's setting us up. Did you come here? Do you come here? Because they're seeing what we're doing in comparison to everyone else. What we're doing is a little bit different, and we're going to get better. Yeah. There will be no coaches now from out, outside. It's a player-only participant situation. You could coach yourselves, which team FMB, their quarterback coach them. Which, which is another Jason. skill set, yeah. They did not have an adult on the field. They didn't have a playbook, nothing. He coached them on the field and told them what to run. And and they just were silent assassins. Impressive. Happy is all. High football IQ. When we had coaches on the field and, and the play clock was running too long and they weren't satisfied, it, we were getting a lot of things I didn't like. And we didn't have that problem tournament one. You get a little hiccups. You're always going to get that. Tournament mm. two, we had some issues with adults. You know, I wasn't really prepared for that. You know, so moving forward, we'll have security there. You know, ain't nobody getting in my face on the field. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, 
you know, my staff's going to be calm, cool, and collected like they were. You know, all of us were cool. Yeah. You know, we handled the situation pretty well, anything that did arise, because you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with... Right. You guys did the right thing. And even with the kids on the field, when they're bickering, there's there's things going on that you don't hear, you know, mm. from up, up top. Like, you got to find a way as a coach to calm down the situation and remind them, right, buddy, I, you know, I have, like, you know, like, we're not, we're not shoving people to the ground. Run by, slap his hip. That goes and tells me that you could have been there for the tackle. That's yeah. a good, solid rep. Yeah, for what a Let's seven on seven is. Yeah. But we had certain kids who wanted to keep shoving kids to the ground, the smaller kids. Now, behind the scenes, of course, like I, you got to love physicality. That's good. That's football. Oh, sure, yeah. No, yeah but no, football learn field, how to yeah. practice so yeah. we could get better. Right. So I couldn't, like, I had to yell at that kid, like, dude, stop. Get him off the field. Like, take a rep off. I've been telling you three, four times, you know. But then when I pulled him aside, I explained. I was like, yo, listen, I love the physicality. But you have to understand how to practice here, how to get mm-hmm. better. And he appreciated that. That's coaching. Teaching, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That Those are the kind of coaches we want at our, our club. Help them grow in the game and understand the That's game a little it. bit better. So I'm the coach, multiple ways to be a football player. You're the player. player, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're the child, I'm the adult. And, and, and that's it. That's how it was when I was a player until my career was over, you know? You, you, you have to listen. You have to take it. You know, your coach is there for you, and, and that's it. But, uh, you know, this is the whole reason why now I'm getting into youth football Mm, that's you right. know, like I, I really want to get my hands on football young because I want kids to learn it the right way. There's there's adults out there that aren't really teaching kids the right way. And that's that's why I'm volunteering my time. Never coached youth football, at least not since I was young. But I wanna I wanna give those kids the experiences I had in youth football. Yeah. The good coaches. I had a Marine as my coach. A oh, Marine. Well. And I'll never forget that summer. I'll never forget the conditioning. It was the hardest, one, some of the hardest conditionings that we ever did is in football. We were like 12 years old. <laughs> so that's kind of what I, what I, what I want to offer to these kids. It's like discipline, work ethic, come together. And then like the basic fundamentals, catching the ball, throwing sure. the ball, form tackle, understanding your alignment, your assignment. Right, alignment, assignment. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's all little branches to the game. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Did you find that last weekend with the lessons of you and the other coaches on your staff with working with these young players over the course of the two days that they picked up on a lot of these lessons, not just with you know how to throw the ball, how to catch the ball, but all the intangibles in between, how to run plays, how to read a defense. You know, how to be a football player, how to be a good teammate. You know, all the things that you wanted to get out to these players in Jackson last weekend that they're like, okay, now I know what to do or how to do it or when to do it. Yeah, the kids who were open and receptive to it, you know, they mm. took the coaching well. Right. I could pull a kid to the side, like, dude, calm down. It's all right. Like, try this next time. And they'd be like, all right, coach, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, like, that's what we want. That's the atmosphere we want on the field is kids to make mistakes in games with this kind of atmosphere where nobody's spearing each other, nobody's colliding, you know, like, and 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 we're doing our best to get out healthy. We got out relatively healthy. We had two little muscle strains at the, the most severity. Okay. You know, a hamstring strain and a quad strain, you know, of two kids who already had prior little tight injuries. So... Mm. Everyone got out healthy. Nobody like whack, you know. Like yeah. that, that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to let them make plays, get exposure, and get coached up while it's happening. 
you know, by people who played who could be, yo, I'm watching your backpedal, you're not low. Yeah. I'm coaching quarterbacks up like, dude, you, you got to have a sense of urgency because at the highest level, they, they'd be ripping you apart. You watch the film, they're going to be like, what the heck was this? Rewind, rewind, rewind. I'd be like, yo, you better figure that out, son. Like, that, that looks like you have no heart. They call that a loaf. Mm. Lack of effort. Loaf. And if you have a rep on film, that's a loaf. You get it put on your category. And then the coaches have a whiteboard in the room with all the players' names and the position. And you see your loafs by the end of camp with all your, your competitors in the room. That stuff used to, or, oh man, that, I hated that. I hated it. My, mm. my position coach used to give me loafs for, wow. for, for particular things. Stupid things. Like I got pancaked once on my back by an upperclassman. Oh wow. Brian McNally, he was a defensive end. He's a state trooper in New York now. His nickname was Beast. You know, his <laughs> arms were down to his calves. He was like 265 at 6'3", and he was like oh, wow. a freakazoid. They put me as a true true freshman, or going into my freshman, freshman year, they put me at the H-back position to go block him backside, full, you know, kick him out from the right side behind the tackle, across the formation, kick out the defensive end, who's coming down. So obviously I do my Hail Mary, you know, I do my, you know, and I, I go full speed into him like a, like a battering ram. And he just like, his arms were so long. He just like grabbed me before I can even get to him and just like put me on my back. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> and I was on my back just laughing. Like, is this a joke? You know, my coach gave me a loaf for not getting up off the ground quick enough. Wow. You know, they call it hot stove. Mm. If you're okay. down, you got to think it's like a hot stove on you. You got to get up. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're injured. That's a different scenario. If you ain't injured, then why are you laying down? Get up. That's what it is at the D1 level. Like, you're getting evaluated for after you get pancaked. Why didn't you get up quick enough? Yeah. I got a loaf for that. <laughs> so these kids wow. have no idea. So I'm trying to give them a little taste of it at the highest That'll level. Yeah, well, of what's ahead. Yeah. I had a really good time with these kids. There were some really good football players. Oh, absolutely. And what's cool and they showed is it. within like a year, by next year, we're going to invite particular kids to our own team. Okay. Where we're going to go compete in other tournaments. Cam Newton's team. There you go. You know, Damian Lillard, Lillard's team destroying AJ Green, all those guys that go to pile on all those big tournaments, mm. battle seven on seven, Elite 77 is going to show up with a squad. There you go. And we're going to be in pinstripes and American flag uniforms. I like Helmets, that. uniforms, everything. We're the number one national team. No, no one's going to be able to touch our team. No chance. No chance. Because our, our level of coaching is completely different. Like, we're not mm. trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're trying yeah, no, to I coach the kids up, let them play, let them compete. Just be like the bumper lanes. That's there it. There you go. We don't need coaches yelling at other coaches because of the rules and, and like, what, right, what do you right. mean? I thought it was this. Yeah. No. no. Pump the brakes. Why are we all here? Next rep. Next play. We're wasting time. Next play. Yeah. Let's get reps, you know? Do you, in, in evaluating some of the, the talent that was there last weekend, did you sense that they had their that competitive spirit naturally, or do you feel, generally speaking as well, that – as an athlete or as a football player in this case, so you can develop that competitive spirit on the field over time, or can it be coached to a degree as well with trying to teach you how to be competitive but in the right way while playing football? Everything the coaches at the highest level are trying to do is make you compete on a daily. 
mm. make you feel like there's a food there's food on the table and there's only a certain amount of people that get access to it so you have to fight and climb to get access to the food that's um getting reps that's you know working up the way with the ones you know what i'm saying that's being called on in two minute on the offense where the coach like sturdy you're in for the two minute drill with the ones you know what i'm saying like there's so many levels where you 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 want to be in that position now when i look at the athletes that we had this weekend um the competitive nature was there these jersey kids want to compete they That's all good. had it you know so i was I, I you don't have to coach some of these jersey kids especially the ones who show up to our tournaments because mm. they want to compete they're going out of their way to to purchase a ticket and and be a part of an event to go compete at a tournament like that that's what you're gonna get now there you go are there some kids who once they you know get down a little bit once their team has a bad record they tuck their tail and they stop playing hard and they don't come the second day and they ain't come in the back sure mm. but that kid will never be great in his football until he gets back his puts his cleats back on laces back up brushes it off, takes it on the chin like a man, and goes back out there and makes plays. What are you going to do? I played against Old Dominion. We were up 43-21 to 21 in the third quarter. 43-21 to 21 or 43-27, wow. whatever it was. Okay. A little bit left in the third. We lost 64-61. I ran for 200. Wow. I sat there in the locker room. Taylor Heineke threw for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. Oof. I sat there in the <laughs> locker room just completely exhausted. I had nothing left. Sure, and, and I couldn't be ashamed. We lost flat out. Yeah. So what do you do after you lose? You take it on the chin. Mm -hmm. You go to the drawing board. You watch the film. You see where you made your mistakes. You see where you did the good things, and you get ready for the next week. And you go win the next one. There you go. And it starts with the first day of practice. Sure. It starts with the first day of treatment. It starts with the first day of film. Like that's the cycle. At the, what does Bill Belichick say? I'm on the Cincinnati. Like mm. I, I don't got time to talk about last week. The film's in the past. We already broke it down. We broke it down Sunday night. I had yeah. my staff break it down. Kids, everyone had it in their file Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning, and by Monday afternoon we were watching it. You know, whatever. Like that's the highest level. So what on can we do one. at the high school level for these kids in this area to get exposure to learn how to compete at a higher level? Where now. You're not playing dirty, and you're not, like, shoving kids. Like, you're just getting that work, you know? Right. That's the atmosphere we want to create. And uh, you got another tournament coming up next month, uh, Saturday, July 8th, up at Kane University. Um, what is it? What are some of the things that you want people to know about this next Elite 77 football tournament coming up next month? July 8th. It's a one-day tournament at Kane University. It's going to be a very similar structure of our second day at Jackson. Every team's guaranteed two games, two 20-minute games. So you get two 20-minute games and you get a 20-minute 1v1 period. So you get an, a whole hour of work, you know, at, with top-level exposure. You know, we only got one day there. So, mm. But if you win, you lose one game and you win out, you could play more than two games. You know? There you go. So, like, it, you, you do have potential to play three to four games in one day. Okay. Um, And basically, you know, most likely like a 10 a.m. chicken, and then we're going to run through the script, probably get around 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and kids can head home. Um, basically, uh, on our website, Elite77Football.com, registrations will open up, I believe, this Sunday. Okay. 
Um, we want everyone registered and signed up as soon as possible. Um, we got to get the uniform orders in as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one because we're, we're sticking to the same structure. You know, six, we have our little thing, six teams right now. Let's okay. stick to a six team, maximize your rosters. Maximizing it is 12 t kids to a team. You're looking at 72 participants if they all maximize their roster. Sure. And you don't want more than that on a field when you're doing a camp style, yeah. team oriented yeah. thing. You know, imagine having six universities practicing together. Mm. That's what we're doing. We're taking six different teams. Yeah, it's a good way to put and it. And they're competing together, and we're doing drills together, and then we're coaching them up, and it's basically pass game. You know? There you getting go. Pass game periods with live coaching without, like, being affiliated with their with a college or a high school coach just yet. Okay. You know, we would like high school teams, but there's different seasons for that. A high school team can't come in January, February, right, March. Yeah. They can't come. And that's when we want to be running our tournaments. So kids are working year-round. There you Once go. Once the season's over, all right, you want to shoot jump shots, that's cool. But on the weekends, you might have to call out sick and come sling that thing. And a kid like Jason Lahara, he's flying in Saturday, July 8th at like 9 a.m. in Newark. And he's driving right over to Elizabeth to come compete. Oh, for, wow. For Team FMB. That's the kind of people we want. You know, kids who don't want to miss out on the opportunity to compete, no matter what. Yeah. So, kids that's who great. are overlooking it, go ahead. That's cool. Good luck. Find your way, man. You know, everyone finds their way at some point. But what I'm doing and what my team's doing is building a platform, a national recognizable platform associated with Nike, associated with the N NCSA. Um, we have a ton of sponsors. Shout out to all of them. You know, I can't really run through them all. We'll be here all day. <laughs> um, and we're mo we, we're going to move forward with national, you know, sponsors in the future. Banks. That'd be awesome. You know, things like that because this is great for kids. It's great for community. And, uh, you know, it's fun. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Kids come away with it. They learned something and they had a lot of fun. What there else you can go. you ask for? And they only spent $50 this past tournament. It was fifty dollars for two days of work. It's not bad, and that was because we just wanted to really get as many kids there and keep this thing going. Like show people sure. we really are invested in the kids. Yeah, obviously everything has a cost when you're doing big events, but we're willing to you know to make some sacrifices to make sure the kids, you know, get the most out of us. For sure, Nico, well done you and uh, you and everybody else there at the Elite Seven v Seven Football Tournament in Jackson last weekend. A lot of competitive players, a lot of teaching moments as well, and I think it's a win, you know, for this part two. And looking forward to part three of over at uh, Kane University next month. Oh yeah, July eighth. You know, registrations opening up Sunday. You know, Team FMB has an automatic bid invite, so that leaves five slots open. We did ask some teams if they want to come, but nobody's confirmed. Mm. So there'll be time ent five entries open. You okay, know, ten to twelve players per team. And uh, yeah, Nike Nike dry fit shirts and shorts, you know. There you we, go. We, these kids have to register. That's the thing. Yeah. The sooner they register, the sooner we get the order out and we get rolling. Get on it, everybody. That's it. Get yourself an opportunity to go play and showcase your skills. That's it. You know, and anybody who has any questions, you know, you could contact us anytime. You find us on Google. You could find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, Spotify, we have a podcast, the E7 Podcast. We talk high school sports. We bring high school athletes on, college athletes, college coaches, and we kind of just 
try to be another avenue for kids to learn from from the higher ups and also for kids to get exposure for themselves, get them out there. For sure. And to learn how to get interviewed because if you're going to be the guy, eventually there's going to be a microphone in your face. So Be well spoken. That's it. Yeah. So mentorship, you know, doing our best over here, Vin. There it is. That's doing it. great work. That's doing it. Doing a great job so With, far. You know, and, and <laughs> we're just getting started. There we go. We Can't wait for the next started. chapter. Oh, yeah, that's it. There we go. That's Nico, it. thanks again for taking out the time. Thank you, Vin, as always. God bless. That is Nico Steridi, founder of the S3 Guru and Elite 7v7 Football Tournament. You can go to their website for more information and sign up for this next Elite 7v7 Football Tournament up at Kane University, Saturday, July 8th. And we'll give you all the details as well at 943thepoint.com. More Shore Sports Talk on 943thepoint, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management, right after this. Whether you are in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity. Shoreline's system is straightforward. They will understand your financial circumstances, identify goals, analyze current plans, and customize a path to position you to reach your goals. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.